Well, nothing gives us greater pride than when uh, members of uh, JM and the AM and the Nahum Single Network family get involved in the war effort. And there are plenty of people I can give you examples that have been doing amazing work. Uh, for our brothers and sisters in Israel. And one of them is Leora Zamek. And uh, it was uh, it was brought to our attention earlier this week that Leora literally picked up. I mean, she'll tell us if, if it was like this, but this is how it was described to me. She literally picked up, went to Israel, knew that uh, with her skills, as so many other people know, she'd be able to make an impact on families that are going through difficult situations. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Leora Zamek, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning. So am I accurate when I portray it that way that you said to yourself, uh, there's definitely something, some way I can contribute if I travel the 6,000 miles and go to Israel? Yeah, you know, I I had a trip planned um, a a while ago, but I wasn't sure, you know, with everything going on, it was still it was still going to happen. And as it got closer, I realized um, even if the trip wasn't what I originally planned, um, it wasn't worth canceling. There was definitely so much that I could still do. Um, and I just, I pivoted. I changed pretty much all my plans um, so that I could make sure that it was fitting within, you know, the Avira with the environment that's that's going on there right now um, to make sure that I was giving rather than receiving, uh, which in the end, obviously, was was both, because that's what happens. Um, but it was, it was yeah, that's pretty much it. I officially booked the ticket a month before I left. So um, things were things were kind of at the last minute. Well, call like a vote to you. With, uh, with Yeshiva League break just starting today, I wish other people would be as attentive and as uh, enthusiastic about heading to the Holy Land with their families and spending time there. But that is a different topic. So um, I mentioned that uh, the way it was presented to me is that uh, you feel that people uh, with any skill set can make an impact in Israel. What was it that you were able to bring along and uh, help with the situation that families are going through in the Holy Land? Yeah, um, I work as a certified child life specialist, which essentially means that I help children and families through stressful situations um, during the actual situation. So um, certainly whatever's going on there right now is is a stressful situation. Um, so with my skills and my training and, and the work that I do um, in my day-to-day life, I felt that I could you know, figure out what their needs were, assess the situation for the families that I did meet and try and do what I can to provide them with a little bit of normalcy because that's what helps them get through, um, provide them with an outlet um, and really just, you know, focus on making it as least traumatic as we can um, to help them ease back into whatever kind of life they're going to have after. Wow. What a, what a way to spend your day. That's amazing that you're able to do that and provide a stress-free or a less stressful environment for families out there. Okay. So what, what were some of the things that you were able to do practically that did give them some normalcy that did give them some stress-free days in Israel? So I really went with an open mind and I'll see that when I left, I had zero idea about what I was actually going to do because everything really is day to day um, and hour to hour. Um, And there are some really amazing WhatsApp groups. Um, One in specific was something called Hotel Brigade. And they essentially just put out calls and requests for things that are going on in the hotels where the displaced families are staying. So um, through that group, I was involved in volunteering at a carnival and also helping at a kid's birthday party. 
Um, but then through one of those groups, I saw that there was a need for therapeutic toys at one of the hotels that in, in the Prima Kings specifically in, in this hotel, there's a lot of children there who typically get speech therapy, occupational therapy, or in special ed classrooms. And due to the war, they're not able to get any of the appropriate things. Wow. Um, I, by the way, I'm just curious. I don't know if you know, if you know Prima Kings is people from the North, South, or both. So it's actually mostly from the north. Um, they're from a community called Shlomi, right. which is right on the border of Lebanon. And they're going to be there for a very, very long time, unfortunately, is what they're being told right now. Um, and while many people are starting to think about, you know, life post-hotel, um, they're very much not. And they're, they're needing to pivot to long term. You know, some of these kids who haven't gotten therapy in two months, they, they need it they're starting to regress and they really, really need it. And they need the appropriate toys and things like that. And that's something that I thought that I could help with. And, um, once I got there, I saw there was so much more that needed to be done. Um, and so that's, that's kind of where it started meeting the women who are running these therapeutic daycares and these after school programs for kids from stressful homes, um, and things like that. So that, that's where I, I came into their story. Liara Zamek is with us. So, uh, again, curious because things are different on different sides of the world. Are the therapies the same, the system the same, the teaching methods the same, even the toys and products that you use in order to help them out? I mean, is, is it, was there an appreciation? Uh, did the parents realize that you're just as qualified as the people they normally deal with in Israel? A hundred percent. They really, they really do. I, I will say some of it was different in terms of the toys. Um, you know, I, I went armed with a lot of money that people donated for toys. And, and when I went to the toy stores, it's just not the same. Um, what they have there is different. Um, I don't know what they usually do, but I went, you know, thinking what, what I could, what I could try and find, but even something as simple as a dollhouse, like a large dollhouse that the kids could have to help kind of like, use play therapy to work through what's going on. Right. A dollhouse was hard to find um, just because the climate is different. The, right. the finances are different and the lifestyle is different. So um, we, we did pull through, we did find one and immediately the kids just started playing and, and using play to process everything that's happening. So um, they definitely acknowledged, you know, the credentials that, that myself and others that I was with had, um, and they, they saw that what we could provide was was really something that they needed, and, and it filled a big gap. So I would encourage anyone um, who is any type of therapist here, you know, you don't need to go on a mission. You, you can go and fill a need um, 100% by meeting some of the families on the ground who are there. Yeah, and if people want information about these WhatsApp groups, including the one you just described earlier, then uh, certainly just uh, all they have to do is be in touch with us, and we'll, of course, get them that information. Uh, so there are hundreds of things that are different for these kids and their families since uh, the beginning of October when they had to flee the North. And uh, I, I guess this is, you know, one comforting thing for them. I mean, more than one, actually, because I'm sure there's other areas that are, you know, assisted and helped because you're doing these types of therapies with them. But I, I would guess that for the parents involved, they must be thrilled because they, they, they more than anybody uh, know how much their children are missing the regularity of professionals like yourself and the work that they do. And seeing you come in and do this for them, I'm sure they realize that this was a, you know, a, a one 
wonderful achievement or a wonderful um, addition to the boring or more boring schedule the kids have nowadays. Yeah, so Baruch Hashem, we were really able to do a lot. Um, speaking with some of the families, they shared that in that first, you know, six weeks after Sukkot, there was a lot that was coming in and a lot of people were going and bringing stuff and they were getting toys, they were getting certain things, but, um, and it was overwhelming to a point, but it stopped and they essentially haven't had anything since then. And these kids, you know, finish school at four o'clock um, and then they're living in a hotel. And that's not a normal place to live and there aren't normal things for them to do. So something as simple as an after-school program, you know, there are some people going in and doing things like that, but there are not enough. And at a certain point, these families had to transition and, and some of them are being all coordinated by the principals of their schools from their communities that have stepped up and been doing so much more than they did before, but they now switch to, okay, this isn't, just an immediate crisis situation. This is a long-term crisis. And when something's a long-term crisis, it's not so much a crisis anymore. It's life. This is, this is life. And something had to switch. And, you know, we ran a really, really beautiful event in the hotel and it was the first time in about two months that they said they had something like this, something that made them forget for a minute what was going on because they were just in a room having fun. Well, Um, I was just going to ask what was included in the event. Just a lot of good fun and games. That's really what it was. I don't even know what to call it other than in a bar Hashem. We were able to get so many amazing volunteers. Um, and it, there was face painting. There was two magicians. There were musicians playing guitar and singing and dancing. And, you know, some of the little kids came and started, you know, playing with the, mu- the musicians. We had um, a bunch of girls who were on vacation from Stern came and just sat on the floor and played with the kids. There was one other person um, who just walked around holding the babies of the mothers. So for a minute, they could just focus on their other kids. They, wow. could, they could talk to each other. They could do things like that. Well, we, well, um, we promoted this conversation that uh, somebody, you know, realized that their skills are valuable. And you would argue, based on what we've heard, um, that anybody with any skill can, yeah. can contribute to the war effort. They really can. There was a woman there one day um, when I was at the hotel that just came in in the middle of the day and made collages with the moms. You know, there are certain, you know, they were, they were stay at home moms or whatever job they have, they can't be doing now. And they're literally just sitting in the hotel all day while their kids go to school. And, and what are they supposed to do? What do they have to do? Like they can't sit in their hotel room all day. Like they don't have a living room. So there are people who are going in and just sitting in the lobby and and doing, you know, knitting groups with these moms and, and different things like that. So really anybody, you know, think of what you can offer. Everybody can offer something to this world. They really can. Um, so I, you know, I would encourage people to try and think of what they can do. And I was only there for a week and a half. It wasn't even that long. Um, and I was really, I felt like I, I offered a lot. Well, hotels are great for vacations. They're awful for daily living. Uh, we have to continue to recognize that. And Leora's point that, uh, and we're guilty of this like anybody else is, that we were there visiting people in the hotels early on during the war. And we do keep up and we do check up, but not in person. And it's a good idea to go and see and let them know that we care and obviously bring a skill or any type of uh, activity for them that would only enhance uh, their relatively boring and very different 
stay in terms of where they're living now has to be recognized, and there's so many thousands of people that are going through this. Uh, well, Liara, all we could say is call a kavod. Call a kavod to you and to all those who are using their skills for this purpose, and I hope that just like you did, you kept your trip to Israel on your calendar. I hope others do that as well, and when they go, they'll pivot like you did and make sure to uh, use their abilities uh, to make life a little better for our brothers and sisters in Israel. Call a kavod to you. Thank you. Thank you. Great to speak to you. Welcome back and uh, encourage everybody to follow in your footsteps, please. <laughs> of course. <laughs> there you go. Leora Zamek, everybody. Nothing like a member of the JM and the AM Nahum Siegel Network family to feature in terms of their efforts for this war. Makes us all very, very proud. And of course, those of you out there who would like information about anything that Leora alluded to. Uh, the WhatsApp groups, any details about what to do once you're in Israel, just get in touch with us. We'll certainly make sure you get that information. All we're asking is that you continue to put trips to Israel for you and your family on your calendar. More coming up. It's JM and the AM on a Thursday morning broadcast.